Hi, glad you could join in watching. It is going to be a great time, and in fact, I'm excited about the next several minutes because I get to talk about you and Jesus and the Bible and sports, even sports in the Bible. What's not to like about that? This is going to be a great run. And so saddle up, cinch up, we're going to go. But first of all, you know where a cowboy likes to go to just think things over? Oh, it's the Ponderosa, of course. So let's ponder that for a while. And let's go into this running with Jesus theme today. And the first thing we're going to go, first thing we're going to do is look at the challenge of this race, this running with Jesus. And that is in the Bible book of 1 Corinthians and chapter 9. And I want to read some of that with you. I may interrupt it. Understand the context, the background for this. The Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament of the Bible for us, the Apostle Paul was very knowledgeable, obviously, about Olympic Games, racing, running. He uses often, it's our theme today. He also uses boxing. Uh, another sport that, that he pays attention to. And we're not going to talk about that a lot today, but you're going to see it in two or three of these Bible passages that we talk about. So here's the sports of his day. Here we go. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Now here's the challenge. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into, that's the Olympic Games he's talking about. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. Let me just pause there a moment. Basically, if you won in the Olympic Games or any big event of his day, you got a garland put around your neck, pretty much made of flowers, fresh cut flowers, nothing artificial there which was pretty sensational at the moment. It was great, but pretty temporary, as we know. They, they do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer just beating the air, punching the air. No, I strike a blow to my body that is, I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So let's talk about this whole matter of the challenge of entering the race, and I want to challenge you with it today. And, and I'll just go to the first point on it, and that is that, that this challenge requires commitment and discipline. He's saying, I, I buffet my own body. I make my own body work hard. I do things that are not pleasant. I do things that are tough. And I run with purpose and I fight with a punch. I, I do these things on purpose very intentionally. So this challenge requires some discipline and dedication. It's not just a simple piece of cake. It's not just something that you say, yeah, whatever. I guess I'll do this. And it's easy. Oh, no, he's saying it's a challenge. That means it's difficult. You have to step up. Look at something else about this challenge. It, it raises the fear of failure. 
Ah, because he's saying there are people who run but just don't get the prize. They just don't collect. They just don't connect. They just don't follow through. They're, it's not good enough. So there's the fear of failure. There's risk in there. Let me just pause in a moment and teach about that. I've had numbers of people talk to me about wanting to follow Jesus, wanting to run the race with Jesus, wanting to be a Christ follower, wanting to really get involved in this. And then they say, I just don't think I can do it. I just don't think I can make it. I just don't think I can cut it. I just don't think I can live up to that. Well, in some, to some degree, you're absolutely right. You can. I can. We can. To some degree, it's absolutely right. I'm not good enough. We're not good enough. Let me just, you're not good enough to do this. That, that's fact. That's a fact. In fact, though, as, as if you listen to me much, you'll hear me say, Ah, God says, now we can get somewhere. Now that you are humble enough to acknowledge that you need help, that you're humble enough to say, God, I can't do this on my own. God, I can't raise to that level. God says, ah, now we got something to work with. Now we can go places when you acknowledge that. But it's that fear of failure, and that fear of failure, frankly, keeps a lot of people from ever taking the first step in this challenge, accepting the challenge and running the race with Jesus, they just think, I'm not good enough. I'm not fat, fast enough. Well, join the club. It, none of us are. But God says, with my help, you can. I can do you. that. Which raises, which goes to the third point on this, and that it, is, it offers the hope of winning. He says, I want you to run in such a way that you get the prize. I want you to run in such a way with the discipline and the commitment and the confidence to say that with the help of God, I can win. I don't have to be disqualified. I can win. In fact, let me just make this up, up close and personal right to you right now. I want to challenge you on behalf of Jesus Christ to run this race. Enter the race with him. Say, whew, I'm not sure I'm good enough. We covered that. You're not. God knows that. Say, boy, I'm not sure. I don't know what all it involves. Right. <laughs> and you won't. God just has to say, you have to have faith in me to say that whatever the steps are, whatever it is we go through, it's a long distance race. We're going to talk about the rules of the race in just a minute. But I will say, I want to challenge you to accept this today and say, God, by your help and with your grace, I'll enter this race. And I'm going to show you how that is. So let's go to the whole next point, And that is the rules of the race. And for that, we're going to turn to another Bible passage in the book of Hebrews. And it is in Hebrews chapter 12 in the Bible. And it's, it's, it's one of my favorite passages of scripture. Here we go. Therefore, since we are surrounded... Now, back up. Hebrews chapter 11, the chapter right before this, is what's called the Bible's Hall of Fame of Faith. It talks about the giants of Moses and Abraham and David and all the giants of faith that have gone on and it talks about their exploits and their courage and how God used them and how God worked through them and and he just he just recounts all of this great number of people and that's what he's talking about this great cloud of witnesses but he's also pulling in the imagery of an Olympic stadium and saying we are being surrounded you and I we're running this race down here on the track but we're surrounded with a stadium this arena full 
of witnesses, they, these, these greats, these people who have run the race, and many of them were scared, and many of them were weak, and many of them went through incredible sufferings, but he said, we're surrounded with this great cloud of witnesses. Watch this. So since that, let us throw off everything that hinders, we'll get back to that, and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us or set in place for us. Fixing, while we're doing this, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter, the author and the finisher, the beginning and the end, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. That's his race. Wow. Scorning its shame and set down at the right hand of the throne of God, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Wow, what a great passage of Scripture. Now, let's, let's, look, let's unpack that a little bit. And let's just talk about the rules of the Christian race. And, and when we talk about the rules, we start with a throw off the excess baggage. He says, let us lay aside every weight. Well, it's kind of a no-brainer if you're going to run, if you're going to race, you need to throw off excess weight. You need to lighten up as much as possible. You need to shave down. I got a cowboy story to tell about this. When I was a kid in high school, I was uh, ahead in classes and whatever, and back in the day, had a, I think they called it a work study. And uh, so for all of one whole semester, spring, spring semester, I was out boarding out on a pretty good-sized ranch, helping through calving season, and stayed out there most of the time, and I loved it. It was an old west ranch. First thing we did in the morning to get up before breakfast, we'd go and saddle a horse, maybe two. And then just in case, you know, because you, you're, you're pretty sure you're going to need that, they're ready now. And then we come in and have breakfast, and then we go about the day's work, and we did lots of stuff horseback, and uh, we, we, it, was, it was a lot of fun, a lot, lot, of, lot of good experiences, and a lot of good learning for me. I had a horse that I rode typically, it was a little buckskin horse, and uh, he was sort of a knothead in some ways, but oh wow, was he fast. He was, I'm confident, the fastest horse on the ranch. He really could run and he loved to run. He was a fast horse. I was a teenager kid. Life was good. And one of my favorite jobs was to wrangle the horse herd. This ranch had several horses and next to the home corrals, there was about a section of land. If you're a non-Westerner, that means a square mile. That means 640 acres. A section of land out there and that was the horse pasture and if we were going to be using several horses over the next several days and maybe needing to switch off because we'd wear them down it'd be my job to go wrangle the horses so I would saddle up him and I'd saddle him up good and tight and I would uh, would open the gates into the home corrals and I go out of that pasture as soon as I got there those horses heads would go in the air tails would go in the air and they'd started to move and my job was simply really to get around behind them and push them toward the home corral. And it was a really easy job because I just got behind. They knew what we were doing. I knew what we were doing. Everybody knew what we were doing. They were headed home and they'd get some grain, they thought, at the end of this. And so they would take off, though, on a dead run. And the horse I was on, as soon as we got behind them, they got in the wrong direction. He would, he would be fighting me all the time to want to run anyway. And I'd let him out 
to let him catch them. He tried so hard. This horse would stretch out so much. I could even hear him groan a little bit. He was just trying so hard and my stirrups were kick, kicking the tops of the sagebrush. He was stretched out. He was running so hard and he was the fastest horse on the place. But we couldn't catch him. See, there was a problem. He had a, a heavy saddle and 200 and none of your business pounds in the saddle. And oh, there were times he tried to throw off that excess weight. <laughs> he never quite got it done. But that was the problem. And that's what the scripture is saying to us. That's our problem. Sometimes in running the race, we want to drag all our old baggage with us, all our old stuff with us. All, and God is saying, that's why God says, repent turn from, unload, offload, get rid of this excess baggage. God is saying you need, may need to turn away from some bad stuff, some bad habits, some bad decisions. You may need to turn away from some guilt. Have that forgiven and say, I'm no longer guilty. That's been forgiven. You may need to turn away from some old grudges and say, God has forgiven me. I can forgive others. I could go on and on and list a bunch of excess baggage, but one of the questions to say for you to say is, if I take the challenge and run the Jesus, what kind of baggage do I need to unload? And then the next one is not only, not only un unload the excess baggage, but the sin that entangles us. This whole idea of sin, of doing things that are contrary to God and God's word and God's law of saying, this stuff trips me up, this stuff, this stuff to entangles me. I can't run when I'm pulling this along. So you say we need to live a life of sinless perfection? Good luck with that. What I'm just saying is you need God to forgive you your sins and God to help you have the power so that you're no longer a slave to sin and tangled up in sin, but rather giving yourself over to following God. Let's go to the next rule. And that is run with perseverance. Ah, he's saying different translations of the Bible have run with patience, run with endurance, run with perseverance. So here's the deal. Running with Jesus is not a sprint. It is a super marathon. It is long distance. He is saying you've got to hang in there. It's not just that you start off the blocks really strong and really fast. It is that you continue. You continue running when it's uphill. You continue running when it's through deep mud or deep sand or whatever. You continue to run when it's difficult. It's not just that you run well when it's sunny and smooth and the wind's at your back and people are cheering you on. It's that you run well when people are jeering you on. And run with perseverance before you. Let's go to the next one, please. And that is... I oh, says, run the race that has been marked out for you, the race that has been set in place for you. Ah, oh, run your race, not my race. I'm really happy I didn't, I don't have to run the race that the Apostle Paul ran. His, his race was difficult. I mean, he's one of the most influential humans that's ever lived on this planet is amazingly used by God. Powerful, powerful, but oh, wow, did he have a tough race. It involved all kinds of difficulties, and he's saying to us, run your race. Don't run my race. You don't have to run my race. Run your race. See, see, sometimes we, it's a human failure, right? We look at 
somebody else and say, well, they had a better draw than I did. They, they had a better piece of luck than I did. They, they got a better horse than I did. They, they got a better animal calf than I did. They got a better whatever. It's, it's easy for us to just draw those analogies and say, God says, get over that. This is your race. This is an individual race. You don't have to outcompete somebody else. You don't have to run faster than anybody else. You just have to run your race with perseverance. That's, that's refreshing to me because it's easy to envy someone else's race when it looks like things are easy for them, when it looks like things are pleasant for them. Especially it's easy when my race gets tough to say, okay, God, um, why, 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 why can't I have his race, her race? Um, really? I'm slugging it out on this one? That looks like a lot more fun to me. That looks like kind of a gradual downhill to me. That would be a piece of cake. What I don't know is that that person may have just climbed a mountain or may be about ready to, and God's giving them a respite. Or what I may not know is that God would say, I'm giving that person all he or she can handle. And that's what I'm going to do for you, too. I've got confidence that by my grace and strength that I poured into you, you're going to be able to handle this. Run your race. And then here's, here's the rule that, that, that helps keep all of these in perspective. He says, keep your eyes focused, fixed, literally, fixed, fastened to Jesus. Look at him. Instead of looking at somebody else's race, even instead of looking at your own strength, he's saying, look at Jesus' race. And oh, by the way, his race wasn't easy, he says. He endured the cross. He went through all kinds of stuff, amazingly difficult, so you could have the opportunity and the hope of winning in this, Christmas, in, in this Christian race. So he's calling us to win and saying, there's the simple rules. Throw off the excess baggage and the sin. Run with perseverance. Run your race. Keep your focus right. Keep your focus on Jesus. Now I want to talk to you about the goal of running with Jesus and of this race. Paul is near the end of his life. In the book of 2 Timothy, he's writing to his protege, Timothy, and he's sort of recapturing his life. And again, he's using the imagery of running and boxing. And so here it is. I'm already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time for my departure is near. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. Now... There is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but unto all those who have longed for his appearing. So he's saying, Timothy, by the grace of God, I've done it. I'm ready to depart. I, I, I know the end is about near for me, and it was. He's saying, but I want you to know, I fought a good fight. I finished my race course. I've kept the faith. Now there's laid up for me, not one of these garlands of flowers that will turn brown and blow away in a few days, but he said, it is the crown of righteousness which the Lord himself will give to me 
and he opens it to me and you, to all of us, and says, to all of those who look for God's appearing, who keep our eyes on Jesus, who focus where it ought to be, God has laid up for us something that is so huge, it's almost incomprehensible. We run races here and in the cowboy world, we compete and we may win a jackpot and we may win a belt buckle and we might get a trophy. And those of you who actually do track and field kinds of things, I, don't, I try never to run if it's not on a horse, but, but uh, you, you do and you, you, you get trophies and you get medals and you get ribbons. But even those things, some of which may last for a generation or two, they get forgotten and they fade away and they corrupt. And he's saying, I've got something forever for you. If you really stick in with this race, if you follow me and focus on me and win this race, I have a heavenly goal for you and a heavenly crown for you. And the Lord himself, the judge of the race, himself will say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into my joys, the Lord's race. So I challenge you again today to enter this race, to run it with Jesus, keep the focus on Jesus, run it with endurance, and run it with the idea that one of these days, this race will pay off. There is a goal. Now I want to pray for you. Father, thanks so much for including us and allowing us to run with Jesus. Jesus, keep our eyes fixed and focused on you. Holy Spirit, be that power and strength within us so that we can run with perseverance, faith, and courage the race you have marked out for us and bring us all safely home to heaven where you will reward us forever and ever. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray it. Amen. God bless you.